Welcome to the Camp House Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Busby, and today's episode is part of our special series focused on our local election for the next Chattanooga mayor. As many of you know, this election cycle features the largest field of candidates for mayor that our city has ever had, 15 in all. It is my goal to bring as many of these candidates as possible onto the podcast right here over the next couple weeks. These interviews with the men and women running for office will take the shape of a conversation that will allow you to hear their story, qualifications, and the passion they have for our city of Chattanooga. In the end, our hope is that you will feel more informed and engaged when you cast your ballot for the next leader of our city on Tuesday, March 2nd. And now I give you our next interview in this series featuring Chris Long, candidate for Chattanooga Mayor. Well, everybody, welcome back to the Camp House podcast. We are continuing our series here, interviewing people who are running for mayor here in Chattanooga. And today I am joined by Christopher Long, uh, who has thrown his name into the hat. Um, you know, uh, Chris, I like to start out these episodes. I don't really like to give big bios of people that I'm reading from websites. You know, I really want to hear that from the guests. And so, you know, before, as we get started here, I'd love for you just to take a few moments and tell us about yourself and, and kind of your passion for running for mayor here in Chattanooga. Okay. Well, like I say, my name is Chris Long. I'm running for office here for city mayor. And the reason why I'm doing that is I've been a small businessman in Chattanooga for 30 years. I've been a lifelong resident. I've seen some, a lot of things going on, some good and some bad. Uh, but I feel like my strongest passion to run right now is I'm afraid that we're going to run off a cliff here. And the reason why I'm saying that we have borrowed so much money and all these TIF programs that we got going on. And we have to generate a sustainable economic engine as fast as we can. And we, we have left that to the side, you know, it's all about downtown. Downtown's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, it's been really great, but we got to go beyond more than that. And what I mean by that is we're going to have to get our workforce put together. And what I want to do is trade schools on steroids. Okay. And what it does is is this thing covers so many opposites. I mean, like for an example, it takes care of uh, crime, in a big way, cuts down on recidivism. It cuts down, like we got a, a big population in our Hamilton County jails out here just from child support. Okay, the numbers are just crazy. We got homeless problem that we need to address. Okay, this program fits for that too. Yeah. And the program is so hot, I would have to put conditions on that as far as the homeless aspect because you'd have to prove that you're a resident of Hamlin County in order to be able to do that. Cause I can't have folks from Hackensack, New Jersey and all this running down here to get in our program because this program, what it does, it's revenue neutral. It does not cost the city a dime. Okay. And it's all, it's a partnership with the private sector and the city. Yeah. We'll have the initial upfront cost, but with my background as an architectural engineer, I can streamline those costs and make them efficiently and build them on scale. Mm -hmm. And we need to do affordable housing on scale. 
you know, I'm talking about tens of thousands affordable housing out here. And I'm not talking about just like low income. I'm talking about affordable housing for everybody. Yeah. All right. So we need tradespeople to be able to do that. And this is how this is going to come together with the private sector. And this is where I'll explain to you why it's revenue neutral. You say an individual gets in there, he's got a little old charge or something from, he's got into a little theft thing or a drug problem or something like that. And he gets up caught up in the court system. Say he gets a sentence to like 1129 out there and he's a nonviolent offender, okay? They, they'll have an option, the court will give them an option where he come in and come to this trade school program. We put them up, they work $10 an hour. They work as many hours as they wanna work, okay? Because the housing gonna to have to be set up, it'll be just kind of like a, a bed, no thrills, no TV or nothing. They're there to work and go to sleep, that's it. When they go through this program, $7 an hour goes for their fine and the housing, keep everything going, okay? $3 of it goes into a savings account for them. So when they're done with their training and all this stuff, they'll have a way of starting up housekeeping, okay? They'll have some money to put down on an apartment, well, I could buy a car or something along that line, whatever they want to choose to do with their money. And then we'll follow up with them for several years because we'll be periodically checking on them. And during this whole time, there'll be drug screening going on. And these people have to work a tight rope like this. And that works hand in hand for child support and for the homeless, you know, get them off the street and we'll have caseworkers that will be there to address their issues and get them set up in there. But initially what it would be is I'd have, a, uh, I got some land that I know about that I can put them up in. It's gonna be like a KOA campsite type atmosphere. And what he has individual lots. So when you take somebody off the street that's homeless out here to, that, and we'll get the caseworker to address their issues, but they'll have a physical address, okay? That's important because a lot of people don't realize when you're out here homeless, if you don't have a physical address, you can't get a birth certificate, you can't get a driver's license, you can't get nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's a real burden, you know? So with that said, they get into this program right here and then we go into micro housing, okay? And then they'll learn trade, either plumbing, electrical, carpenter work, block masonry work, whatever they want to do. And it covers so much with that, okay? Yeah. And it's just, it, the potential is unlimited. Yeah. And it puts a lot of generation, puts money back in the city and gets everything rolling again. Yeah. And we need to keep our dollars in here. And then I want to utilize what we have down at the public works department. We got millions of dollars worth of equipment sitting down there to pave roads. And we can do all these roads down here 20% cheaper than what's going on right now and mm -hmm. pay those guys really well. A lot of people aren't talking about it. we subcontract that stuff out of state. So we got too much money coming out of the city of Chattanooga. We need to keep it in. We got engineering companies. We pay millions of dollars for consulting that's out of the town. Our own engineers can do our own thing. Yeah. Keep it local. Yeah, two, two things I want to follow up in, with this. So uh, I've done some episodes with um, some of the unions here in Chattanooga. And most trades in the city, and you mentioned most of them, like plumbing, um, you know, block masonry, all these things, they, they all have apprenticeship programs. Is that correct? Right. That, that can that can train people uh, on the job, essentially, for these for these really, really well paying jobs. Right. And see, they're, they're going to be a part of this thing, too, because it's going to be a collective effort for that. 
we're going to need their expertise too. So they'll have, they'll be able to pick out people. They'll have, they'll, they'll fill their volume that they're needing, you know, uh, because they're having a hard time getting everything selected out there. Uh, there's a lot, they get a lot of candidates that come in and don't even meet the script. So this right here will give an opportunity to somebody that they can show that they're willingness. Okay. Uh, now keep in mind, we can't get everybody to go 100% on this, okay? You know, you can take a mule to water, doesn't mean he'll, he'll drink, okay? But there's a lot of them out here that does need help and want help, and they'll go along, okay? And then they'll carry that that initial trade skill with them for the rest of their life, okay? And they if, if they even don't want to live here in Chattanooga, they can go somewhere else, but they'll still have that trade and still make a good living, okay? Yeah. But we need workers so bad. And that's the reason why we don't have a lot of entry coming in here. You look out here at the volunteer site. We've got a few little businesses coming up out there, but not nothing to scale that I'm wanting to do. And the other thing, I'm going to make an announcement to you, and you'll be the first one to do this. I've been holding back, but I'm, I'm, we have natural resources that are coming in that we have in Chattanooga. It's just unbelievable. People don't realize what we have. Like, uh, yeah, right. like what? Like talk, talk about that for a minute. Okay. I've been studying for 16 years. I've been dealing with the geological surveys that, that went on back in here in the early, late 70s, early 80s, where they went down here. Uh, Jimmy Carter administration during the uh, oil embargoes and all this stuff, they wanted to find out what kind of resources Chattanooga, uh, what resources the United States had as far as uh, coal, oil, gas, and all this stuff. So I got that data. Uh-huh. And uh, we're sitting in our backyard right here from uh, uh, the backside of Collegedale over in Tennessee here. Uh-huh. Down to Ringgold, over Lookout Mountain towards Birmingham. We got more oil there than they have in Saudi Arabia. Hmm. Wow. Okay. But the oil I'm not worried about. I'm not interested in oil. We got plenty going on there. What I'm wanting to get into is the natural gas because we have 213 trillion cubic feet of natural gas. That's with a T. Yeah. Okay. That right there, we get it into plastic manufacturing companies. Mm. Big time. Very competitive. It's right in our backyard. They don't have to pay the open market price for gas. Okay. Yeah. Petrochemical. All this stuff and everything's set up out here in Enterprise Southport. Okay. I want to do a light rail system that comes in here. They got some light rail systems that's very promising right now that's coming up. Very affordable, energy efficient. We got a local group here now that's studying one right now that I would like to give a shot at. And, and it's personal transportation systems, what it is. Yeah. And uh, these guys are doing a heck of a job with that. But we have some on the big grand scale where uh, we can travel between uh, Atlanta to Chattanooga, which would open up our airport. And these individual pods that you ride on uh, can travel up to 70 mile an hour. Mm. And you can just be, there's no hiccups to it. It's just straight line from Atlanta to here. And we can bring 6,000 people into Chattanooga a day right to the airport. Yeah. And we can have ongoing domestic flights going out of here locally. Atlanta, the problem they're having with Atlanta is they can build more airport, but they can't build airspace. 
So that's their problem. So they're they're trying to come up with a, a way of of utilizing like Charlotte, Birmingham, their airports and stuff. Yeah. And so just have domestic flights where you can they can run from here to uh, Michigan, Detroit, uh, different places across the country, direct more direct flights, and they want to handle the international flights. Yeah. Okay. And then it's more to come out. And so that would be a, a big shot in the arm for us. And this and this Skytran is what I'm referring to. Uh, you look it up, Skytran. Uh, they are are cutting edge on that. And uh, where you're talking about normal high speed rail, where I've done studies on them, they'll anywhere from seven to uh, fourteen million dollars per mile to put a high speed rail in this thing here. You're only talking about a million dollars a mile. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, and it does the same amount of volume. So don't want to get into the woods with that too much, but that's something that I would really want to look into. But we got to look at future generations. But we got to have a workforce base out here. These trade schools are so important. Uh, where I live at out here, I got hit with a tornado in East Brainerd. And I know my house is devastated, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so I know what it's like to have skilled labor and, you know, try to call a plumber on a Saturday night and see how much that's going to cost you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, with that said, uh, you have any questions for me about that's basically what I'm wanting to roll out right there. Is yeah. Well, okay. So I, I can tell you, I can tell like one of the reasons you, you have a lot of really great ideas and you've spent time honing those. I am interested in talk to me about your professional background and sort of how how has that prepared you for leadership within our city? I got my PhD in architecture and engineering. I did my dissertation on uh, building codes, authority having jurisdiction. And I deal with a lot of building codes. A lot, a lot of people have crossword puzzles. I have building codes. <laughs> <laughs> They're fascinating, but they, they control everybody's absent in life. I mean, you know, they... And so Chattanooga itself, uh, we got so many regulations that, that covers with a broad brush, okay? These need to be more fine-tuned because it's not for everybody, you know? Uh, but we're going to have tons more of regulation that's going to be coming down the pipe with this new administration that we have. Uh, and it's going to be affecting everybody. And we got to have somebody that knows about these things, how to to deal with them, but I've done a lot of consulting for Colorado Springs, Colorado. Yeah. Uh, El Paso County's 2,200 square miles. There's 11 mayors there. I was in, embedded with these guys all the time. Looking you've at worked time with, you've worked with city administrations in the past yeah. in your yeah. private sector role. Yeah, that's great. Right, right. Um, and I, the only reason why I was able to do that is because of our high-speed internet connection that we have here. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, I monitored a lot of power sites and different things like that and had a lot of Zoom meetings and that type of thing uh, and done everything from here. I was fortunate to be there, be able to work here and do that over there. And that was all from 2012 to 2017. Okay. So, uh, but I take that vast knowledge and experience and be able to pull this together. And I know what developers need around here to build with and it's going to have to be a collaboration between the city and the developers out here to do the scale of affordable housing we're going to have to do. And it's going to have to have a collaboration with the city council. Yeah. And if you have 
all this working together, this is very doable. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know of any candidate out here that has a skill set to be able to do that. So there's lots of things that this this unveiled. But this is the only thing that I know we have to do it as fast as we can to get a sustainable economic engine going. Well, you know, Chris, as, as you kind of look back at the last half decade of time here in Chattanooga, you know, what do you, what do you see as something our city has done really well over that time? Something that you would almost like to continue in in your role if you were elected mayor? Well, I mean, I like what's going on downtown. I mean, we, we, it's beautiful down there. And, um, but the problem is, is how are we going to support it? Because we got a lot of vacancies down there. Okay. And it was originally set up to where everything had to be perfect. It was, the economy had to be rolling nationwide and stuff. And it would, would follow through. Okay. But see, we've had some bad turns to come about you know we've had this COVID come in here throw everybody for a loop okay yeah. but there's a lot of vacancies down there and there's a lot of people that because our crime is out of hand a lot of people not want to come down here but I've talked to people that come from Pennsylvania we we got 10,000 people a year that's uh, it's moving into Chattanooga yeah and they're, they're from Pennsylvania they're from other cities and stuff like that where their taxes are gone through the roof all right take our sanitary sewer that we have this is the, the biggest cash cow that, that the city's got going on it could be fixed in three years mm-hmm. and it you know like my water bill the other day i just got it out and my water bill is like 24 dollars, but my sewer bill is 113 yeah. okay that's not fair okay and in our school system right here we got this water quality fee it's gone up 60 percent in the past four years okay so that Ham County Schools got to pay that. See, four years ago, Ham County Schools were paying $480,000 a year on water quality fees. They should be exempt from that. Our churches out here, like my church where I go to, they're paying like $27,000 a year four years ago. Yeah. So if it's had a 60% increase, you know, how are they going to afford that, you know? Because yeah. they have big parking lots. And I get that, but that can be all taken care of relatively easy. Yeah, how, how, uh, like I'd love to hear uh, more about that. Like, how is that? How can we? How can we rid our city of that challenge in, in a short amount of time? Oh yeah, well it's easy. See, what the problem is, what our consent decree is based on is illicit discharges into our creeks out here. Okay, mm-hmm. where we have manhole lid that pops up, and the water, the sewer comes out and runs out on the ground down into the river. Okay, and then we get these high numbers of E. coli into our river. Okay. Well, that's because of unusual rain events. If you have a one inch rain event, I could go out here. I've been testing. I've been going up down to South Chickamauga Creek here, and I've been trying to find the hot spots where this illicit discharge going there. So I have like 27 rain gauges in, in town that I monitor. And then whenever I have like a one inch rain event, I go out here and test in that creek. And then I would have like on a dry day today, uh, my E. coli would be around like, uh, you know, 120 parts per million. But when you have a one inch rain event, it jumps up to 8,000 parts per million. Mm-hmm. So I followed down that rabbit trail and what it's contributed to all buildings that was built before 1970, all their roof drains are tied into the sanitary sewer. Yeah. It's an easy fix. Eastgate. They're, all the roof drains go right in our sanitary sewer, okay? Northgate, 
all the roof drains go down in there. Okay. Yeah. All these secondary things like Red Bank, all that, all of them are roof drains because these are old town, East Ridge, same thing. So when they have a rain event, it overflows downtown. Yeah. They oversized Moxon Bend to handle for growth for other cities, you know, like Collegedale, different outlet, Fort Oglethorpe. They're all run into our one sanitary sewer. Okay. Mm. So that would be an easy fix. And then we're going to create jobs doing that. But we have enough money stream revenue coming in from our water quality fees to reimburse these people for doing that work being compliant. Okay. Yeah. So, and you know, it's, it's easy to identify them because all you have to do is put a flow rate right there when it discharges from their property and you know, they have to get that sewer bill. Mm-hmm. See, right now they're just going on water bill. Okay. And when they get that, get that flow rate, they'll come to the table and say, Hey, we got a problem over here. Can you help us? Yeah, we don't have no problem. Get your engineers, dislocate that. We put new green infrastructure around your parking lot. You give up a few parking spaces, but you know, you got plenty over there and, yeah. uh, and we'll just run your water over there and then a clean it absorbs in the ground and you won't have no problem. Yeah. Okay. And then everybody in the city sewer bill dramatically goes down. This is, this is would even benefit Hamilton County for yeah. WWTA. Yeah. You see, they're just got put under a consent decree here just recently. And, uh, you know, their sewer bills going up. Our sewer bills went up 20, 12% this past yeah. year. So, you know, that's, that's a big burden on the taxpayer, you know, especially people that have fixed incomes. Um, it's, it's getting rougher and rougher, you know? Yeah, that's great. Thank you for that. I think, I think that's like, that's like some of those hidden challenges of running a city that I don't think most citizens um, see other than in the bill and they don't understand why, why it's so high, you know, so Chattanooga is incredibly diverse and it's large, right? Like it's a, it's a big um, city we have different neighborhoods and that kind of thing. You know, how, how would you, if you were a mayor, how would you include the citizens? How would you bring consensus among citizens here in Chattanooga? Uh, how would you include them in the decision-making processes of our city? All right. Well, I would do what they call lunch with the mayor. And what you do is anybody, get, I don't care who you are. You don't have to be a political figure or you have to be ahead of, you know, I'm not going to pick and choose. You contact us at the office there. Your name comes in there. We'll do 20 at a time. Okay. And then we'll sit back and we'll have lunch and we'll discuss about what their issues, what they're having right there in an open forum. Then we'll come put a task force together because I'll take notes of that mm-hmm. meeting and we'll put a task force together and get them to start addressing those issues, how we can do that. And then I have an open door policy. I'm not going to be up in my Eiffel Tower there. I'm going to be actively in the community out and about. But I really want to address this homeless issue. This homeless issue, like I'm over here in East Brander. There's a guy that was in the wheelchair over there. And he's just sleeping on the side of the road there. And he's got a little sign there. And like, why is he out there? Yeah. You know, it should, there's no reason for him to be out there. Okay. It's pitiful the way that's going on. But. This program I have is revenue neutral. And see, here's the thing, too. It's like our churches, they want to help in this homeless deal so bad, okay? But see, they only have certain places they can donate money to because they're 501c3. They just can't. The guy comes up there. They can't help a family, you know? They have to. They'll get some group of their congregation to come up with cash and go around the church's 501c3 and help them out. And that's what end up doing. But see, we can use revenue from the churches 
because what we'd do is we'd set up this this homeless camp with it'll be under like a 50 c3 okay then they have a staging area for the churches to come in and get involved yeah that way they can bring canned goods and stuff like that food clothing and all that stuff uh a way of uh you know toothbrushes whatever the needs are the demands are you know and then the caseworkers can evaluate and get them off in the right direction and we can just it just it's it it's a, a good solid program yeah okay and and rome georgia had done something similar to this and it's been very effective but they did it for more of the crime aspect of i'm wanting to change this into the homeless i think it would be a perfect thing for the homeless people Right. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting over the past year how, um, you know, I don't I don't know the statistics on it at this point, but there's definitely more homeless camps than there was a year ago. And so um, it's, it's definitely a challenge that is growing within our city uh, larger right. than it ever has. So. Right. We'll have to address some of those, but it would have to be done to where, uh, like I said in the beginning, you know, we can't afford to take on the whole nation. OK. Right. right. We have to take care of our own. And that's what we want to do is take care of our own. Yeah. So uh, we got enough. We'll have enough people to come in to fill that void there. Because we got a lot of our own problems in Hamlin County and stuff like that. And these people need to learn a trade and, and you know, be, be productive citizens in Chattanooga and, yeah. uh, you know, have a good outlook in life. You know, uh, we just... We just got to kind of get back to the core values, but this is a thing that's for everybody. And yeah, we're a multicultural society and we've gotten to a point where we're divided and a lot of it's got to do with politics. Okay. But we all have a common bond and all this stuff, but we need to, we need to address that. And that's one of the things that I want to do Yeah, is mayor is doesn't matter where you're from or you know, you're welcome to sit at the table. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's got a, a point to say, all right? Now, uh, we got people that are really passionate and about what they want to do, and they'll kind of be disruptive, but yet we just have to have a little talk with them, say, you know, look, you get more honey with flies than you can with vinegar, okay? So sit down at the table here. You're important to us, but you got to tell us how to make it work and how we can help you make it work. But we're trying to, you know, our uh, our uh, family youth development programs we're not getting enough bang for our buck okay and they're saying well we're we're underfunded and all this stuff well okay i get that but do we have to give you more funding yeah but we want bang for the buck if we give you more funding okay fire department you know they, these first responders you know when i had this tornado hit us over here in east Brand, it was devastating these guys were excellent, man. Talking yeah. about Johnny on the spot, doing what they needed. The police department was excellent, polite. There was so much traffic up here. We had everybody rubbernecking out here. We mm -hmm. couldn't even get around. And the streets were blocked off. And the police department was having to sort out if you, you lived on that block and all this stuff. And then we had a bunch of people that was coming in trying to take advantage of the situation, you know, going a little petty theft stuff, you know. But they was all top of it, and they were so polite. I was just so proud of them, and I'm kudos to those guys. Awesome. They're not getting paid enough to do what they do, okay? Yeah. And the problem is the fire department's losing good people. They're jumping ship right now because they see 
this coming down the, down the path. See, they're involved in this stuff. They see what's coming. All right. So they're taking their retirement early and getting out of here. You know, mm-hmm. we're losing a lot of good people. And then a lot of the younger ones is coming in there. They have to live in the county. They can't afford to live in the city. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I was initially talking to him, I'm like, well, you know, uh, I would like to have your endorsement and let's talk about that because that would be great. But I said, I'm not here to get your vote. I want your endorsement because most of you guys don't even vote in the city of Chattanooga. So, you know, and the the sad thing is, you know, we got 178,000, I believe, uh, registered voters in the city of Chattanooga and only about 20,000 participate on the election yeah now why is it that we're spending millions of dollars on this election for a mayor's position that, that only pays like a hundred and sixty thousand a year or something whatever it is what what's the motive behind that you know and it's and the the candidates there that's running majority of them the candidates running has contributed to this problem that we got. Mm. It, is okay. a, it is like the biggest, most diverse field we've had for mayor in a very long time. Um, so hopefully, that, right. hopefully right. The, the actual voter rate will be higher than normal because there are so many people. But yeah. Well, Chris, one of, the, one of the questions I want to ask everybody is like, I, you know, when it, whether it's schools, whether it's the trades, whether, whether it's bringing in jobs, you know, uh, there, for the most part, there's not really any silver bullet solutions. A lot of this can take a lot of hard work over time. But, you know, if, if you were to be elected mayor of Chattanooga and then, um, you know, within your first little bit in office, you're given like a one million dollar grant to kind of spend however you want to tackle the biggest challenge you want to see tackled. You know, how would you use that million dollars? I would do the infrastructure to set up for our trade schools. So like That's building, the only thing yeah, yeah, setting the trade school up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that does seem to be your heartbeat and your passion through this entire conversation is that's, the way that's, that's, that equipping people with jobs and careers that benefit the community is, is the biggest step. And keeping the money in town instead right. of shipping it out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Keep the dollar swapping. And I'm not worried about what's going on world events. I want to know what's going on here. You know, yeah. Uh, this uh, this 20 agenda thing that they got going on is kind of concerning me that they're talking about. and. Um, I don't really know a whole lot to speak on it, but there's so many tra- uh, there's so many uh, strings attached to it because what they do is is whenever t- anytime the federal government or some agency gives you money, there's strings attached. Okay, mm-hmm. and you gotta you gotta be able to look at it in a way that can you deal with this these strings attached? Just like you know the shovel ready jobs that we took on uh, when we city of Chattanooga accepted that kind of money and all these other El Paso and Colorado Springs they accept that money too and they found out that it wasn't worth it because now they had all these auditors mm. coming in auditing everything, everything yeah and putting all these new special regulations in other words they can change the regulations at a whim and don't even have to have it voted in and 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 mandate you to take it you know and, and there's nothing you can do about it and that's the stuff that you have to really wor- worry about. But I want to be more efficient. Like, yeah. say, taking care of these roads and stuff like that, we can do that ourselves and save 20% and not have near the hassle and get a better quality road Yeah. and pave up this whole place. 
Well, Chris, one of the questions I really like to end with uh, for people is, you know, kind of where, where do you live in the city? Like what area of the city do you live in and what is it that you enjoy about that part of our part of Chattanooga? Well, I live in East Brainerd. I'm, I live right there off Jenkins Road and the traffic out here is a little bit hectic. Okay. Cause I'm out by the mall and stuff. Yeah. But it's pretty much, you know, I'm, I got easy access to the mall and stuff and, and, but you know, what's kind of concerning me is we got Amazon to come in here and I, I like Amazon. I don't want to mess with them, but Amazon as a general has put across the nation, a stress on the brick and mortar stores. Okay. So with Ham the place, you know, they're, they're, if you, I don't know if you've seen their uh, profit and loss here a while back, but they're, they're hurting big time. And then, so it's the COVID come in. Yeah. They're hurting on that too. But the gang violence that we've been having out here at the mall has been very concerning to me because, you know, we have these random shootings out here. This stuff has got to stop. You know, uh, we're going to have to take care of that very seriously. You know, and if there's a shooting going on here, we're going to track them down, spare no expense in it. And we're going to lock them up. Okay. There's no reason, you know, in my administration, being in a gang is gonna, not going to be a popular thing for you to be in. You want nobody to know about it. But see, here's the problem, and I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. When I worked down in downtown, I had a mentors group. We started out with six kids, me and three other guys. We started this, this mentor program up at the AMA church downtown. Yeah. And I found the trick to get these kids in there to get in there to talk to us. And what it is, we had an agreement with some of the gang leaders around there to come up and talk to these kids and discourage them to getting into the gang life. And the gang members really was really up to doing that. And I'll explain why here in just a second. So anyways, we started out with six kids and we ended up with 86 with just in a few months. Mm-hmm. And we was having them there every Thursday at this church. And the key to getting them in there was feeding them. Yeah. So we'll just go down to Sam's, me and my guy, we put, you know, $25 a piece and we come up with enough food to feed all that crew, you know, and these kids, that's where they was coming in here for the food. So they sit down and talk to us like this. But So I got to know some of the gang members and stuff. We only have like 250 legitimate gang bangers in Chattanooga, but we got 5,000 wannabes and these 5,000 wannabes is causing all this racket and all this trouble. The gang members, honestly truly they said man we ain't into that uh-uh they're bringing attention to us and causing us problems it's time for them to go okay they're bringing too much power you know too much light on us we just want to be low-key to our business going about our business we ain't into all this shooting it up stuff you know that's that ain't our gang all right but these little wannabe guys they're the ones that causing all this problems around here so we got to get a handle on that it's it's a very understandable thing to do and once you understand something it's, it's pretty easy to, to resolve and, and that's the reason this trade school thing is going to lend a hand with this with cooperation with the sheriff's department don't have cooperation with them and get these kids in there and get them working again okay yeah. and get them off the street well chris you know as a i would respect your time i know uh you seem to be back to back on these interviews as well um i think that there's so much engagement right now with the different candidates it's been fantastic so Hopefully, you know, we, we talked a little bit about voter turnout earlier. Hopefully that this year uh, on March 2nd, we have a great voter turnout. Uh, you know, as my listeners are, are hearing you speak and, and a lot of your 
um, your platform, where can people go to find out more about you, Chris, and, and your platform for mayor? All right, chrislongformayor.com. Okay. And then you can email me at chrislong at chrislong.com and I'll respond back to you. And I'll give you uh, my number is 320-4451. And that way you, they can call me directly. Uh, but I'm going to be periodically around for the next three weeks up to the election, starting starting right there at early voting. I'm going to be in different locations across the city. Okay. And uh, people can come up and talk to me. I'm, it's going to be an outdoor type event type thing. And that's scheduled and, on your website? Yeah, I'm going to be putting that on, on, on my website on that. So, um, and then, you know, we're talking about like 153 and Hamill Road. Uh, Shallowford Road and Gun Barrel location like that going to be down in uh, St. Elmo, uh, Hickson, different locations downtown, Alton Park, East Chattanooga. So all these be coming up and I'm not your conventional type mayor, so I'm not running a conventional type race. Okay, so uh, this is how we're doing it. So. So we'll put a lot of these, uh, we'll put his website and uh, a lot of these connections into our show notes. So if you guys are listening to this, um, you can open up the notes and go straight to uh, Chris's website from there. So Chris, thank you so much for taking time to, to have this conversation today. Hey man, you did an excellent job for us, you know, I appreciate you so much and uh, looking forward to seeing you. Maybe you have lunch with him. Huh? That sounds great. I mayor, if you keep the pulse on the community. All right. Thank All you, right. sir. Have a good day. Well, thank you to Chris for taking time to sit down for this interview. If you guys want to learn more about Chris Long's campaign for Chattanooga Mayor, please head over to his website, chrislongformayor.com. As always, there is a link to his website here in the show notes to this episode. And from there, you can maybe see the schedule for the the different times Chris is planning to be out in the community to meet people, uh, to get to know you. And I know he would love to do that. Now, on the outros of every one of these episodes, I've been telling you guys that on the same ballot, we are also going to have our Chattanooga City Council elections. And today, I want to recommend a different resource for you guys, and that is the podcast Chattanooga Civics. Uh, Because even though I am only doing mayoral candidates, uh, the, the host, Nathan Bird, is actually interviewing people who are running for city council as well. And he also has some fantastic standalone episodes at the very beginning of his uh, podcast series. If you go back in the feed history, you know, he actually has these 10 minute episodes about how city council works, how the mayor works, what is the city's relationship to the county, all very specific to Chattanooga government. And so if you've ever wondered about that, what are the actual responsibilities of the mayor? How does the city council, you know, pass resolutions or ordinances? Uh, you know, why, what is the relationship of the county and the, and the city? It's a fantastic resource, so I highly recommend you guys go check that out. And again, if you don't know who's running for your city council seat, please check out the Hamilton County website. There is a link to that website in our show notes as well. And finally, I just want to remind you guys again that early voting begins February 10th, and our local election day for mayor and for city council is going to be Tuesday, March the 2nd. So I hope you all enjoy getting to know Chris Long and his passion for our city. Our next interview is going to feature Councilman Erskine Oglesby, who has also thrown his hat in the ring to be Chattanooga's next mayor. We'll see you then.